Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachna. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, and efficient tools I've ever encountered. They're also quite accessible. They're available on, absolutely free on the Internet through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the words that say Start Here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book, His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's completely accessible. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, and copy it as often as you'd like, absolutely free. Use it over and over and over again to improve Your emotional state. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you choose to do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We hope people do all of that soon and often because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives as they apply these tools. And secondarily, because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and or testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, please give us a call at 563-999-3581. 
you call that number and press 1 on your phone, it'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number, and I will see that and turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code, and we can have a conversation. And we appreciate when people do that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. Our intention with this work is to be a service. So if you would, be so kind, call that number, press 1, and let us know how we can be a service to you. Um, doing quite a bit of processing lately. We had our support group last night. And uh, somewhere in the middle of that processing, I felt a tightness and kind of a nausea in my stomach, almost this gut punch type response to something that I had thrown an interpretation onto something someone said that left me with that very uncomfortable feeling in my gut. And when I did the work on it this morning, I became aware that I have this very old, very long-standing kind of a, a conflict within me about being able to be comfortable with my emotional sensitivity. And it was some very tearful processing this morning. It was some flashback to being eight years old in third grade. It was um, quite involved around this idea that as a young, very sensitive person, if there was ever anybody around me who was unhappy or crying, I began to cry. I began to feel very upset. And the origins of this work are that on Monday in Dr. Michael Rice's show, at the beginning of his show, he talked about doing some physical processing of tension in his low back. And in that processing, he revealed that his father had come home one night when Michael was asleep, maybe 12 years old. I think that's what I remember from the show. And Michael was asleep, and his father had come home from work and been told by the neighbor that Michael had decided to bounce his hard rubber ball through the gentleman's new concrete pour. And Michael's father flew into a rage and pulled Michael out of bed sound asleep and started, whatever, hitting him, beating him, spanking him so hard that Michael ended up crying out, if you don't stop, you will kill me. And Michael said, so there was this energy, physical energy in my body, and Michael was talking about it to what my ear sounded rather lightheartedly about now let's just talk about the physical processing of energy and releasing it and it struck me deeply about the vulnerability of a 12 year old about having the safety of your 
bedroom being invaded and being awakened from a sound sleep and having violence perpetrated. And what I usually do when those kinds of things happen on the Internet shows that I'm a, a part of is I pause, I coach people to take a breath, to use the EFT tapping, to be very aware of what's going on for them as they hear about someone's childhood trauma. And that didn't happen on the show with Michael. He was more focused on talking about the processing at a physical level and moving energy through his system and the relief of back pain that he had 15 years ago with orthobionomy, etc. So I was doing a worksheet on that upset. And I got in touch with even more upset and this sensitivity then in the support group last night somebody commented on that and said well I think it was just very common and there's an entire generation of people that were raised with you know if you spare the the rod you spoil the child and so I don't think this is that big a thing I just think you're just more sensitive to it than others And in response to that statement by a group member, I threw an interpretation on it that about being told that I'm I'm too sensitive or it's only my sensitivity that's making me respond this way and that it's not that big a deal. And that with that energy, I created this nauseous, sick feeling in my stomach. So when I did the worksheet on that, I, I, Tim, who I'm love, I am feeling this sick feeling in my stomach. What happened was this comment from somebody that I'm just too sensitive or I'm just more sensitive than others and it's not that big a deal. And the thought that was creating the sick feeling in my stomach is it's not safe for me to be this sensitive And the goal that I created was I want to be able to face difficulties and feel calm and and solid within my body. And when I canceled that thought and that goal, I flashed back to a time when I was eight years old. I was in third grade. And I have had this memory a lot. I've done a lot of work on it in in the EFT tapping, with the Michael Rice worksheets, with the neuroemotional technique, with EMDR. I've done a lot of work on this particular memory as it's come up over the years. I was in third grade, and I had several friends that had been, you know, in school with me since kindergarten. We were all in the same school, kindergarten through eighth grade. And in this third grade class, there was a young man who was just like us, he was eight or nine years old, and yet he cried a lot, and they labeled him a crybaby. And the memory I have was of probably a very common time, but with this one specific time where he became upset in the classroom and 
several of the kids in the classroom were taunting him, making fun of him for crying, including some of my friends. Now, remember what I said. When I would be aware of someone crying, I would begin to feel that upset and start crying. So I remember in this memory feeling terrified that my friends would see that I was on the verge of crying, that my eyes were watering and I was trying to keep it from you know, bubbling over, and they would turn and make fun of me. So that's the memory that came up. And essentially this visceral feeling within me that it's not safe for me to be that sensitive that if I am that sensitive, I'm going to lose my friends. I'm going to get disconnected from people. So I did another worksheet on that, and when I canceled the goal in that worksheet to be able to be strong in the face of upsetting things and to feel calm and safe in my body, I flashed back to when I was four years old. And in this situation at four years old, I had that sensitivity with my father, and he wasn't able to stay you know, emotionally connected to me. And this was where the really tearful part of the release came up, that I have been in a many years process of experiencing emotions very intensely in an open, raw way, and then having some part of me try to shut it down and distance myself from either the intuition or the emotional sensitivity. And the, the, the goal in the worksheet was, in the next worksheet was, to be able to stay wide open to my intuition and my emotional processing in all situations. And the, the insight I got, again, going back to four years old, was it's not safe. I don't want to stay that open. I don't want to be the one who's more aware of my emotions and the emotions of others. I don't want to be like... You know, the canary in the coal mine. I don't want to be the one who's so sensitive that I'm the first one that's most affected by these negative interpretations I throw on things or by the energies coming off of other people. So that was worth um, about five minutes of tears and uh, breath work and EFT tapping. And um, that's been the processing so far this morning. Rather raw, rather um, prolonged. It's still kind of sitting there with me, the idea that um, for quite a while in my personal work and the neuroemotional technique and the reality management worksheets I've done, I have been having my conscious logical part of me saying, gee, wouldn't it be great if I could be more intuitive? Wouldn't it be great if I were more awake and aware 
and more connected to that uh, emotionally sensitive, intuitive part of my mind. And the revelation from today's worksheets was there's been another part of me, four or five-year-old part of me, that is absolutely dead set against letting that happen. So at a conscious logical level, I have been pursuing things that would ask to be shown and get out of the conscious logical mind and stay more open to the energy and emotions. And at this deeper level, there's a terrified younger part of me that has had the lived experience that's downloaded conclusions that says it's not safe. You're going to get cut off from your friends and family. You better shut this stuff down. So that's been the processing so far this morning and the several worksheets that have been done. And if you're interested, you can go back to Michael Rice's show on Monday. It's in the first 10 minutes or so of the show that he's talking about that physical pain in his back and how he's become aware that some of the energy of trauma was stored in his low back from that incident when he was younger where his father was hitting him so intensely that Michael screamed out, if you don't stop, you will kill me. So again, it's there in the archives. You can make use of it for your own, whether it's just to satisfy your curiosity or see if it stirs up some kind of a negative emotion in you that would benefit from applying some worksheets or some EFT tapping to it. So we have plenty of time to talk. 563-999-3581. Call that number. Press 1. Let us know. Did you hear Michael's show on Monday? Do you have strong emotional reactions when you hear about a child having an abusive experience? Five six three nine 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 three five eight one. And if you have that kind of visceral response, we have good tools for you. We have EFT tapping. You can learn all about it and tap on a wide range of topics absolutely free if you go to YouTube and search for Brad Yates, Y-A-T-E-S. You can also go to whyagain.org and download... The worksheet process, Michael has been touting his latest short version of the worksheet, and I must confess, um, when I looked at it, I thought, I don't see the difference because the, the page is still quite full, and there's an enormous glossary at the bottom. But when I slowed down and looked at it, I realized he took the stuff out of the right-hand column, and he's taken out some of the... Uh, phrases 
it's still seven steps. It's the same, basically the same seven steps, but with less words on the page. But whether it's the five-step mental short version that I make available on the MindShiftersAcademy.org, or it's the seven-step process that's the full-on seven-step worksheet he's been doing for a number of years now, or it's his new abbreviated version, the worksheet process can help me, can help you, can help anybody who chooses to get very clear about their conscious logical thoughts and how they're using those thoughts and interpretations of life to create their emotional pain. Figure out the goal they're mind is telling them they need to hold on to, cancel that thought and that goal and ask to be shown the hidden part of their own mind that's creating their upset. And I was just having a session with somebody right before this show today, and it's somebody who's, it's only their third session, so they're brand new to this material, and they were asking about also what do you mean it's not a conscious logical problem? And I, I repeated the idea that when I have people come to see me in my office, my assumption is that I'm, 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 willing, to be, I'm willing to be proven wrong. I begin with the assumption that they are above average intelligence. And if that's the case, then I know instantly that whatever problem they're bringing with them into my office and asking me to help them with it is not a problem at the conscious logical level and the solution will not be found at the conscious logical level. I know that because if, if they're above average intelligence and the problem was at the conscious logical level, the first or second time they encountered the problem, they would have stumbled across the answer. Because if the solution was at the conscious logical level, and they are above average intelligence, they'd see what to do to change things to make it better. He said, well, what's an example of that? I said, well, if you leave here and you drive down this road that you need to get home, and about a half a mile from here, he's about a 45-minute drive away, I said, if half a mile down the road, the road is closed and there's a detour sign, your conscious logical mind will take over and you'll get home without a problem. You'll follow the signs or you'll get out your GPS or you'll have a map in the car and you'll find a different way to go from point A to point B. But if you're driving down the road half a mile from here and you see a detour sign and you fly into a rage or an upset, or a fear. Oh my God, how am I going to get home? That's not from your conscious logical mind. And if that happens because you've thrown some grossly negative interpretation on the life events that are unfolding in that moment, a worksheet would be a really good thing to do because then you can specify what you're doing with your conscious logical mind and the goal that your mind is telling you needs to happen. And when you cancel that thought and the goal, it will open the pathway for you to be able to see what's the trauma from your past about being lost or about feeling that people are taking advantage of you or about 
not knowing how to navigate a map or whatever it is that's in your unconscious that will bubble up to the surface and give you direct access to it, at which point the solution will be effortless. And this is true for all of us all the time. There is no such thing as a problem in my mind that's got me also feeling a negative emotion that is going to have a logical solution. I'm going to have to be willing to open myself to be taught from something other than my conscious logical mind and other from other than from the, the, the real-life, practical, c- conscious, logical, rational events of life in the moment, or I'm never going to be able to find a solution. Area code 610, you're in the air. Hi, Dr. Tim. First off, I was late coming on because of our own Zoom group that sometimes goes over So I missed the first part of what you were saying about something that I think I probably did hear on Michael's show, and I'll have to listen to that. But then you went into, is this a worksheet you were doing? Yes, several Uh, worksheets. Okay. What was the thing that started you off? Was it what you heard on the radio show that was the trigger for it? So we had Um, the thing on the radio show, and at that time I felt very, very moved. I felt very, a strong sadness about, as I often do when I have anybody talk about a child being abused. Mm. And so Mm. I said, and I said in the support group last night, that when that happens, I usually encourage people to breathe and tap or do their own worksheets or at the very least scan their body for an upsetting response they might be having. And that didn't happen when Michael was doing his show. He moved right on talking about symptoms of healing and the physical release, etc. Right. Okay. When I I mentioned that in the support group last night, someone made a comment, and I threw the interpretation on it that they were saying I was too sensitive. And I generated this feeling in my stomach. Mm-hmm. And when I went to do the worksheet on the sick feeling in my stomach, it went back to a time when I was eight years old, and you heard the rest of it? Yeah, I did. <clears throat> I got most of it. In fact, when you said Michael, at first I didn't know whether you were talking about Michael Rice, but yes, okay. Wow, that's that's an amazing thing because my first thought was what, what was treated like an oversensitivity in you by your classmates is a huge gift as a therapist, although it sounds as if you're not quite at home with it. Although, on the other hand, the fact that you do wake-up sheets on the radio show and you talk about those feelings, feeling like crying, whatever, they're a wonderful gift to those of us who are listening. So, and I bet enhances your work as a therapist a lot i i just hope you know that i'm sure you've got to know that that it's a gift as well as 
something you have to pay for, I guess, once in a while, because it isn't always comfortable. And then you were talking about Michael's new worksheet. We used it today with one of my people on our Zoom, and I found it absolutely essential to use the the patter in towards the end of it to flesh it out and allow the person to sit long enough in that liminal place where you don't know what your enlightened goal is going to be. You've given up your goal and you're waiting in there for something to be shown to you. And it, the pattern gives us time to sit there. It doesn't rush through. The one part of the worksheet that I found hard on using it, now I'm reading it again and it doesn't seem so bad, it's 5A. It all of a sudden seems very wordy and we didn't stay long on it. It's when upset my perception, my mind construct is built out of corrupt data driven by my goal. By canceling that goal, the driver that selects the data that produces my reality. There you go. My The person who was doing her work was feeling a lot right then. And she said, what, what, what? And I said, don't worry about it. Let's just breathe and keep going. And we did. We jumped right to the action step. While holding love conscious, active, and present, I now choose to collapse my mind's lies, blah, 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 and going on to the end. So we didn't actually sit. 5A was just like all of a sudden we were too much in our heads and it was it felt like an interruption of a process that was well greased and on its way with this woman who was working on something. <clears throat> so, um, and I have several questions about her work that I could bring on to the show. But anyway, I just wanted to say that it, some of the things you said really run through. My sister, my baby sister has led a kind of um, compromised, almost emotionally crippled life, partly because when she was a baby and a little girl, she was called the crybaby in school. And although there was, I've told you about the punishments at home, she says, Sue, the worst thing for me was not the whippings. It was what happened at school. Kids made fun of me and bullied me for being a crybaby. Of course, what did I do? I'd cry more. And she, I think that hurt her so much. And she hasn't done any of this work. She doesn't want to. It's a whole different mindset of just getting through, uh, supported totally by my husband, who pays her rent and everything. She's hugely talented, very bright, and has just not, it's like she didn't bloom She's like this stunted little plant. And the crybaby business, boy, that really that really got me when you were talking about that. I'm so glad that didn't so, happen to so you. I um I just flashed on a, a question. Mm-hmm. Because you've been on the show and talked about the the gentleman who's living with you. Yeah. And and the question that just popped into my head, have you done worksheets around the dynamic 
the similarities of the dynamic between your sister and the gentleman living with you? It has occurred to me, but I haven't. And it's funny how much more readily I can allow him to not be able to manage himself. <clears throat> then, I mean, I guess I don't know where to go with that. No, I haven't. <laughs> Short answer. I have not. <laughs> Well, you know, I, if I if it were me, I would probably start with a, an EFT tapping session with some phrases like, even though I'm not aware of all the parallels I've drawn between these two situations, I love and accept myself and see what bubbles up. Because maybe you have drawn deep parallels at an unconscious level, maybe not. Maybe it's just the kind of thing that I... I would do if I were in that situation, but that's the the question that just popped into my head very strongly when you once again talked about your sister's dynamic. Mm. The only thing that came to mind is yet another wrinkle. Is I was at my parish yesterday, <clears throat> two days ago, three days ago. It was a weekday, and three people came in, two young men and a young woman, to, to ask for money from our rector. And after they left, I said, does this happen here every day? And she said, he said, yes, every day, every day. And they're homeless and they haven't, they don't have anything. And I, I give them a grocery gift card or something. It's, it's nothing. It's no help. It's just a momentary assist, but it doesn't solve the problem. And I thought to myself, I'm so glad Michael is with us. At least one person can rest a while and be taken care of for a while. I don't know how that relates to what you said, but it's like people are in such tough shape right now. Well, and of course, this work is not about the tough shape people are in. It's about the emotions that I generate by the interpretations I throw on that. So, mm-hmm. And whether or not I want mm-hmm. to take an active approach to, you know, taking one increasingly move toward 100% responsibility for creating those emotions and understanding the dynamics within me that are generating them. Right. Well, now that that question you asked has sat with me for a while, I have done worksheets on Michael, the guy living downstairs, and I've seen the parallels between him and my sister, and I have been free to feel very angry with him for not grabbing hold and doing what it takes to be able to be independent And I recognize that those are feelings I could spend lavishly on my sister, but avoid. And it was more convenient and more comfortable to feel them against him. And then I began doing the gentle art of blessing. And that leads me to the question, doing the gentle art of blessing, is that a bypass? Am I just bypassing issues? Because when I bless him, I feel... 
relax. Well, I, I feel you know, peaceful. I, I think the answer to that is is to be found individually within each of us. I can use anything as a tool for my growth or to bypass the work I need to do to grow. So if I'm doing both, there's mm-hmm. no bypass. If I choose to I just do one at the exclusion of the other, I might be using it as a bypass. Right. Okay, good point. I get it. Okay, so I do have work to do. I also know that I don't know Michael. I don't know him. And I'm very wary of drawing conclusions and making judgments when I don't know. What I see gives me a certain amount of information, but he's a mystery in many ways, whereas my sister is not so much so, and maybe she should be. Maybe I don't know her either. But anyway, you've just stirred up a lot of questions. But worksheets are in order. I'm telling you, that worksheet brought this woman right to the center of a painful issue. She did all the stuff. She was the ideal customer. Uh, Went right into childhood, remembered some things, lots of crying, um, and then coming out feeling like a three, a two or a three rather than a nine or a ten, and feeling as if she could go forward in a new way. And I love the part where it says, and I think it's in Michael's too, to not invent another story. Yeah, it's B. I know it's C. I cancel my need to be right and make up another story to maintain my being right. That is so essential because that's the temptation is just to reword it, rework it, well, put it in another it, way. It, it isn't even just a temptation. It's what's been programmed, right? Yeah. So there's a tremendous momentum for what Guy Finley would call the mechanical level of our mind to just spin mm-hmm. the way it's been taught to spin, mm-hmm. to make some form of sense out of the dynamics that we've been programmed with. And it'll do it automatically unless we become aware of that process and intervene at a conscious level. Could you say that last thing again? So Guy Finley talks about a mechanical level of mind. It just does what it does. It does what it's been programmed to do. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, rather, you, you use the word, there's the temptation. I'm trying to discern yeah. between a temptation and just this auto process, this nine-bit mind right. spitting out way of mastery talked to us about it in this past year and said the intellect can only spit back to you the garbage that's been poured into it Mm -hmm. right we've been programmed to think in certain patterns you made me angry you hurt my feelings etc that's horrible that's wonderful people who work for a living and make good money they're wonderful people who don't have a job they're losers etc we've been programmed to think these things Mm -hmm. and 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 it's just an auto-processing that will go. My, my, um, Michael calls it the nine-bit mind and, yeah. um, and the carbon-based memory that can only record what's poured into it and spit it back out when it's called up. Guy Finley calls it the mechanical level of mind that just churns and 
keeps doing the same thing over and over again. David Bohm calls it sustained incoherence. Doing something with a process of mind that creates an upset and then continuing that same process of mind, hoping the upset will go away. It never does. So I'm trying to make the distinction between, you said there's a temptation to go back and make up another story out of the brain cells, and I'm trying to take the temptation, which sounds like, you know, I'm choosing that. There's no choice involved. It's this automatic decision process that Michael Rice talks about. It's what Abraham Hicks calls this momentum behind a pattern of thought. It has a tremendous momentum. And our job is not to to jump in front of a car that's moving at 60 miles an hour. There's way too much momentum there. It's going to be devastating. But take a nap. Slow it down. Wait until it's slowed itself. Grab it at a conscious logical level and slow it gradually or turn it once it's stopped into a more positive direction. Mm. That's the idea of coming aware of that automatic pattern and being willing to just observe it without judging it. Mm -hmm. And then as it slows, because I'm not judging it, adding energy to it to either block it or suppress it, I'm just observing it. I'm not adding energy to it. When it slows, then I use my conscious logical mind with a broader view because I've asked to be shown the hidden part of my mind, and I choose a more positive direction. And I begin moving my thoughts in a more loving, a more gentle, a more allowing pattern, and I strengthen that, and I build momentum in that direction. And it it it, it needs me to be willing to do, like this morning, to do three or four worksheets followed up on the original you know, sick feeling in my stomach and then do the next worksheet and then do the next worksheet and see where that leads me and do the next worksheet. What was the trigger for the sick feeling in the stomach? I, through the interpretation on what this person said, that I'm only feeling that strongly because I'm sensitive, that I'm more sensitive than others. Okay, And my interpretation of that was that I'm too sensitive. Mm -hmm. And that's what resonated the story when I was eight years old in third grade. And that's basically, you know, when you call somebody a crybaby, you're telling them they're crying for no good reason. They're upset about things that aren't upsetting. They shouldn't be having these emotions, et cetera. Mm. And then that led me to another worksheet on the situation when I was eight years old, and that led me to the realization that I had started to shut down my emotional sensitivities and my intuition as early as four and five. Because that intense sensitivity, that awareness, whatever, would would stir up responses in people that were negative, and these were people that were very close to me, my father, my friends, my brother, whatever. And I had to, I believed at at that point, at four or five, that I had to make a choice between staying wide open Mm -hmm. to these tense emotions, energies, and sensitivities, and if I stayed wide open, I was going to cut off contact or be ostracized from 
contact with my dad and brother, etc. So I, I clearly spent a lot of time and energy over the years working to be emotionally controlled and logical and cool-headed and, you know, good in a crisis, etc. And at the same time, there was another part of me that was always drawn toward energy healing and intuition and people who could read auras and things like that. And so I would, you know, take classes in meditation and learn self-hypnosis and hypnosis and and all these other energy techniques that I do in my work that are, you know, geared towards uncovering and dealing with emotions. And yet there was another part of me that was constantly fighting against it and sabotaging it. Wow. Which is only becoming becoming more um, obvious the more work I do. Mm. And it, it became obvious at a new level today with some you know, rather intense tears and waves of emotion when I realized there's a part of me that's that four-year-old, five-year-old part of me that does not want to be wide open and feel all these things and 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 then deal with the negative response of people who judge it as bad or wrong. Hmm. It's amazing that you've kept both parts of yourself intact despite the prohibitions that you were trying to lay on yourself and society was. It is an interesting journey. We have somebody else with a hand up. Are you interested? Yeah, sure, of course. Here we go. Eight eight two eight. Is this Magda? Okay, I was just headed down to the freezer. So, um, yeah. Why am I calling? Thank you for doing all of these worksheets, and thank you, Susan, for all of your incredible questions. Um, so, those are my thank yous to both of you, and. Um, I have a question. Um, years ago, and I'm talking maybe 15 years ago, just before I met Michael Rice and Jeannie Rice, and so just before I became aware of this um, work, um, I had been involved with a heart-centered meditation group, open heart meditation, in which we learned how to realize that the source energy, the love energy, is what we truly are made of. And to be able to feel that within our heart chakra and then very often throughout our whole body. And it got to the point where I was, it was very simple for me to merely touch my heart chakra and smile to my heart. Um, when I started to do the worksheets, it was easy for me to get to that space of reconnecting to love. Interestingly, over time, I have um, let go of that. And I've just realized, oh my goodness, I'm touching my heart and I'm not feeling the love. I have to work at it. 
And <clears throat> so I'm starting to get back with that process now. Anyway, I had a conversation with a friend recently about um, an experience I had, and this is, again, just before I met Michael and this work. And <clears throat> I was um, applying. This wasn't something I learned with the Heart Center meditation group, but it was something I thought might be helpful. And that was that um, when a thought, a memory of something that happened with my father, who was um, my power person and and definitely um, a a subject of my concern uh, over time. So when I would have a, a negative memory come up, I learned to sit in meditation for a few moments to quiet myself and then bring up that memory and intensify the feelings that I was having then as much as I could. And at that point, I would then go to my heart meditation and bring the love, activate the love within me that's already there, but, you know, just get it to expand and after a while, after a little while, my feelings would just dissipate completely. And I thought, well, that's cool. So I don't know how often I did that. I don't think it was that often. However, when my brother came to visit, um, and he noticed, he noticed the difference because he looked, looks very much like my father looked. He had some intonations and some behaviors that were very much like my father's. And I would get triggered based upon those things very often and start wrangling at him (laughs) like I used to wrangle at my dad. And he noticed that I wasn't doing that anymore. And I was so surprised. I thought, well, what could that be? And then I realized, oh, yeah, I, I brought love to it. Okay, so here is finally the question. I've been wondering if I if I do that instead of the worksheet, am I sort of cheating myself out of getting the details, or am I in fact going to the heart of the matter, which is bringing love to the issue? Well, I think the the answer you're you're looking for is to do all of the above, to do both and. And, you know, this the idea that that open-heart meditation is talking about is essentially what Dr. Michael Rice has come to when his understanding of the only thing that transmutes anything less than love is the conscious, active mind energy poured into our true nature as love. Right. And it is essentially the same as the forgiveness the second part of the forgiveness process outlined in lesson three of the way of mastery is envision this situation that's upsetting and envision it dissolving into white light, etc. So I don't think it would be useful to do either or. I think it would be useful to do them both as you're called mm-hmm. to do them. Okay, so go with my own intuition and be guided that way. This is this is the third time this morning that this has come up where people have presented me with something that says, should I do this or that? And they are both good things to do, and neither one is 
you know, exclusive by itself will wipe out everything. Uh-huh. Okay. Got it. And, and, and okay. there might be times when, you know, I've done some worksheets and um, now I feel stymied in the worksheet and I say, okay, I'm just going to bring love to this situation and let myself feel this. Well, why, why would that be better than the worksheet? Well, because the worksheets are based in language. They're based in words. And some of the stuff that we need to dissolve is from a pre-verbal time right. or a past mm-hmm. life in a different language for some people who hold those belief systems. And so it's the energy of that loving feeling, that solid safe, wide-open feeling that will do the work of dismantling anything that's less than it. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm dealing with something that might be from a past life in a different language or I'm dealing with something from this life in a pre-verbal time period, it may be very, very useful, may be more useful than doing a worksheet, which is language and logic-based, to do that open-heart meditation. It's actually the mechanism that Michael says does the healing in this worksheet anyway because, you know, this is why when we do these worksheets, Michael's worksheets in the support group, we stop at lesson four. We don't just read, I choose love, which is my essence, which stirs the love in everyone involved. We don't just read that and then tell them the rose and the butterfly story. When we do this in the support group, we say, now put your hand over your heart space if you're willing, close your eyes and breathe into the most loving, safe, happy, connected, confident, strong memories you have until you feel a shift in the energy moving in your heart space. Mm -hmm. And when you feel that shift, we'll move on because it's that loving energy moving through your system that's going to do any healing that happens in this work. Exactly. My total belief in that. And that's why I, I always stop right there, too, to make sure that I'm in that space, take the time to get there. Um, however, I am aware that my mind is sort of resisting something that you said. So please tell me more about why it is important to use the steps in the, the first part of the worksheet, which are all based upon memories and logic and, and so, words. So, so I... I, I think about it this way because I get a lot of pushback on this, and I actually have people say I don't do those worksheets because they're all too intellectual, right? Mm-hmm. And and the first three steps of the worksheet have me map out what I'm doing with my intellect. Why? Because right. that's like the roadmap to what I'm holding in my unconscious that needs to get resonated. Mm-hmm. And when I focus on those things and then cancel them, Michael Rice in various times in the past has talked about it vibrates, it resonates that frequency, it opens a key way, a specific portal of energetic vibration related to thoughts and emotions and images from the past, which are stored in the fearful part of my mind, which is hiding it from me. And only by resonating it, by adding energy to it, by demonstrating to that fearful part of my mind that I am willing to see what it's hiding from me, only then will I eventually get access to it. Which is why, and some people say, why do you do this 
forgiveness pattern where you say, just open and just watch any thoughts, any images from the past, let this wash over you. Why? If that's not what's doing the healing, why do I let that stuff bubble up? Because it will show me my next series of worksheets that will need the presence, the active conscious presence of love to be held while the upsetting energy comes up. But the dynamic that does the healing is this conscious, active, total, perfect love energy being held at the same time that something unlike love comes up. How do I find out what's the next batch or or um, stuck point within me of hurt, damage, upset, anger, fear, that needs the presence of love, I follow the thread of these images and memories and trauma energies and thoughts that bubble up when I do the release. Mm-hmm. Which is why this morning there were a series of three or four separate worksheets before I got to the point where I realized, oh, there's a part of me that's still very strong that does not want to feel things wide open that doesn't want to step into the gift of intuition. And you would not have realized that without pushing, because it is very well hidden. Well, and but, but the, the, the heavy tears and the intense waves of emotion didn't come up until the fourth worksheet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The sick feeling in my stomach was there to begin with, but it didn't have, you know, it didn't have sadness and it didn't have tears mm-hmm. until the fourth worksheet right. where it just felt this this kind of sitting back, kind of melting into my chair, crying, saying, oh, I get it. I don't really want to be the canary mm-hmm. in the mind, in the coal mine. I don't want to be the Geiger counter, the early warning sign that somebody else's or my energy is off the mark. I don't want to be that open and that sensitive. And then I could contrast that with the conscious logical part of my mind that keeps taking these trainings and doing these worksheets and asking to be shown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you. Thank and, then, you. and then I can be gentle with that four-year-old part of me rather than, you know, emotionally beat myself up because I'm not, getting it, I'm not being more intuitive, I'm not staying more wide open, I'm not doing whatever the right way. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that it, is, it, op- um, it opens compassion okay. for that in me. Uh-huh. And by the way, I totally agree with Susan, that pattern, the, the you call it the pattern, um, man, that is really really helpful and I must confess that I didn't use it for I guess I probably heard you use that with someone on the show maybe two years ago for the first time and I kind of heard it but I didn't pay attention I certainly didn't integrate it and I've just recently integrated it into my my work holy cow it is so beneficial it's just quite quite you know moves to the next level if we're ready to move to that next level. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Great answer. Right. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Blessings to welcome the both. Irving. Thank mm-hmm. you both for your comments and questions. I will mute you so you can listen in. I will remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And I'll turn on the microphone for and welcome you right. Thank you, Dr. Tim. Appreciate it. You're welcome. So welcome, deserving. everybody, to... Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, Have a great show. Uh, welcome, everybody. Thank you. Welcome to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. And today is Wednesday, and it's February the 1st, 2023. And our calling number is 56999-3581. And press 1, and that puts you into queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. And I believe we have somebody that's supposed to call in today and um, do a worksheet with us, but we'll wait until Michael gets dialed in, and then I'll turn them on, or turn on their microphone. (laughs) Michael reminded me that I wasn't wording that quite right the other day. So I'll turn the microphone on, and uh, we will go through the worksheet. Actually, it's a new one that uh, Michael has. I was just trying to uh, multitask while... I'm talking to you. I haven't even opened his email with the latest worksheet in it. So this one's going to be new for me, too. He keeps refining it and um, making it smaller. And I mean, not smaller necessarily. It's still 8.5 by 11, but it is a little less detailed, and yet it covers all of the main points. And so we're going to use this new worksheet today, and I'm going to keep up the answers and... um, then send it to our callers. They said they weren't going to be able to print it, so I will send it to them after the radio show, after we have completed it. So welcome to the show. If you haven't been over to our website and searched around, we have some more things under the multimedia, free to uh, watch and listen. There's more things that we have added to the YouTube channel. And actually yesterday when Michael was talking about adding Neil Seth's talk to our YouTube channel, and I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to do that, but I got it on there. So that is now on our YouTube to to find. And um, so anyway, and we've got uh, several new things. I had to go out and create February on the radio show today. It was like, oh, my gosh, what happened to January? Gone. So let me see if Michael's having challenges getting in. Give me just a moment, and I'll walk in the other room. Okay, he is signing in, and I am... Uh, okay, I'll get it, sweetie. Um, <laughs> Aria dressed up as a princess today, and so she's wanting to take her princess gown off here, so let me assist her in getting undone here. Okay, excuse me, it's a dress. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, Michael still isn't in. Hold on just a moment. So, after we go through the worksheet, and I know he sent it to a few people, but uh, like I said, it's not on the website yet. And hopefully I will have it on the website by this evening. 
he sent it to me this morning and like I said I'm just now opening it up so it's new for me too so I'm gonna go ahead and turn on our caller 248 you are on the air who do we have hi hi how are you yeah. today good afternoon how do you hi. be hi Jeannie hello dr. Michael Good to say hello. Yeah, I know it is. And I'm delighted that we're going to get to do this new worksheet. Yeah, I'm, I'm just now looking at it. Yeah, actually, when we talked earlier, you inspired me to uh, spend some time with it, and we've made a couple of changes to simplify it and uh, make it a little more comprehensive. It'll be, so it'll be exciting to step through it and see how it feels for you. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. You'll notice that there are less words on the page and a yeah, less complicated looking page. Yes. Yeah. And so I think we're gonna see it move a little uh a little differently than the last worksheet that we did. So if we go to um you know, the premise is the same. If you look up at the very top, we're we're talking about reality management and we've defined a little differently. We're clarifying our definitions. Reality is a construct of my mind, my unique perception or my world on the left hand side at the top and then on the right, forgiveness, a tool for waking up from and changing my reality. And then the premise, my essential nature, my human life, my very being is love. Hold a newborn if you ever forget it is the idea of the piece in the brackets, and then the goal of this internal forgiveness wake-up shade is to empower me to remove friend or hostility and return to the direct experience of love 24-7, 365. And so the first step, and uh, and seeing as how you weren't able to print it off, Jeannie is going to uh, to write it out, fill in the blanks for you, and then she'll just uh, attach it to an email so you'll have a copy of it we're complete. So 1A, of course, is where I put my own name in. So you know, if I were if I were doing this worksheet, it'd be I, Michael, who am love. So you you want to start every time that you do the forgiveness process with the confirmation of and the clarity on who I am, and then what I'm experiencing. So I, Michael, who am love, I'm experiencing and identify your emotions. So what emotions are moving for you uh, around the situation that's going on in your world? Um, fear uh, and anger. Yeah, dread, grief, dread, grief, fear, and anger. Dread, grief, fear, and anger. So you'll you'll note in brackets behind uh, 1B where you mark what the emotion is, use a separate worksheet for each emotion. So which one would probably be the most productive one for you to do right now? Do you want to do one on the dread aspect of it? Do you want to do one on the fear? Which one would you uh, like to tackle first? Yeah, fear, fear probably. Okay. Oftentimes, I suggest to people that uh, you look at the anger aspect because, well, people uh, imagine and think that love is an emotion. The truth is it's really an anesthetic. It's a way to not feel, feel fully what's going on under the surface. So that might be another you option, said, whichever you one you what, want. What is an, you, said, you said love is a, an anesthetic? No, no, I'm saying anger is an anesthetic. Oh, well, this is, okay, well, I'm having fear. 
about about okay. my, about my little girl's uh, um, life. She's really going through a lot right now. She's she won't go to school. She's um, in bed constantly. Sounds like she's very depressed. And I'm a thousand miles away, and her mother won't get her to a counselor. And I'm having anger about that. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess the anger the, the anger is a, a real thing too. Okay, so then I, I, my suggestion would be, let's see if we can get the uh, the anesthetic out of the way, and that will tend to open a space for being more conscious. So let's do it on on anger, and then remember that. My offering would be to start out by recognizing that your anger isn't about what's going on with your daughter. It's about the fact that there's anger in you, and it's that anger, when it moves in us, that tends to cut us off from, number one, the underlying dynamics that are going on inside of us, and cut us off from the presence well, of love. Well, 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 actually, Dr. Michael, my... What's really present for me is grief and fear and worry about my daughter. Um, I hear the you. Anger is, 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 it, the anger is down the road. It's not, it's, I, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, it, it, my, my, my ex is doing her same old shit, and it's, it, it's nothing new. Um, she's, she, she's paranoid, and she won't get a, 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 any help for our daughter because she doesn't want medical records out in the world that people will see that our daughter had a problem one time. And, said, well, and I said to her, well, what, what's gonna, how's it going to be for you if she commits suicide because she's in depression and you, you didn't get her any help? So that, that's what I, it's really front and center for me is my fear and my dread. Yeah, of, fear sounds like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it wakes me up at night. I hear you. So you then tell me what it looks like. Well, you know, it sounds like the most prevalent thing is that fear and the extreme of fear being dread. So they'd be they'd kind of, I think, be one and the same. Yeah. So recognizing, just a, kind of a preliminary thought, recognizing that... You're a thousand miles away, and mechanically, on a practical level, it sounds like intervention on your part is not a possibility. Is that accurate? It, it, uh, so far, um, that appears to be the case. Just, but my ex won't listen to take any any of my advice, and um, and now our daughter is going to be flying to see me in um, in about. Uh, Two and a half weeks, but I will, I will have her here with me for about five or six days. But that's not much. You can't get much accomplished then. So, well, actually, right. I, 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 I can't step in there and and uh, no. take her to court or something like that, which is what I would do if I was up there. Right. So, were you by any chance on the show yesterday? Pardon me. I say, were you by chance on the show yesterday? No, I'm sorry, I was not. 
Okay. Well, I read um, a letter that we got from a gentleman who um, has what they call complex, been diagnosed medically with complex PTSD. And he has been in treatment for this complex PTSD for years. And his letter was a request for permission to introduce the forgiveness worksheet process and the codependence work that we do to the expert MD whose specialty is complex PTSD and trauma. After years of treatment, he's been working with the worksheet, with the forgiveness process, and the codependence work we do for six weeks. And he says his complex PTSD, even when he's exposed to triggers, is totally and completely gone. Okay. So I'd open up I'd open up the space with you to recognize that in six days, having your daughter there directly, there's a good possibility you can help her to work miracles. Okay. And change what's going on for her. Would would you be open to that possibility? Yes, I'm sure. Cool. Okay, and how long is it before she comes? Um about before she uh, visits you? Yeah, she she flies in on the uh, on the eighteenth. She'll be here the nineteenth. So today's first. So a, a little bit about two and a half weeks. Yeah. Awesome. So then my next question would be: recognizing that all of these emotional responses in yourself, the fear, the dread. are energetic patterns that you've experienced previously in situations with your former wife. Is that, would that be accurate? I don't know that I had dread before this. Um, so it's come to a new level of fear? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm, hearing that, I'm hearing that our daughter may have attempted suicide before and may be into self-harm. Hmm. That's pretty intense. So I, my, my question would be, before we proceed with the worksheet, on an energetic level, you, you, is it reasonable for you to think that there's an unconscious energetic communication between you and your daughter? Like, do you feel a connection with her? Do you feel like there's any kind of energy exchange with her? Even though she's I, I that did, far away. I did, but now she, she won't return my phone calls and she won't um, text me, return my text messages. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But even if you're not ear to ear on there, something. There used, there, there used to be, but I, ever since I left, I think that she's, been, she's very angry about that, about my leaving. Hmm. Okay. I had to leave for health well, here, reasons, and, and, and whatever reason, right. it, was, it was not easy for her no matter what. Right. Well, here, here's my input, and I've got a purpose for, for bringing this topic forward before we step into the worksheet. Back about 30 years ago, 35 years ago, I used to keynote at a conference called Global Science, and... 
one year when I was doing a keynote address, a gentleman named Marcel Vogel came to the conference. And Marcel was a 23-year senior scientist from IBM. And his presentation, he brought what's called a Delaware camera. And with that camera, what he showed is that he could actually take a picture of the literal high-energy waves that leave the mind when we think a thought. When energetic patterns are moving in us, it sets up a literal, measurable energy field. Does that make sense to you? Uh, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. So my offering would be is that there is full and instant communication between you and your daughter and you and everyone else in your world continuously as it is for each of us. We aren't brought up in a culture that gives us permission to or the understanding of that happening so it tends to be unconscious communication, but the communication's there. Okay. Would that, would that be, make sense? So, again, before we step into the worksheet, so then w- what do you suppose if you're sitting there uh, a thousand miles from where your daughter's located, which communication, which energy field would you suppose would be most beneficial to your daughter in the state that she's in, one where you're in dread and fear and anger or one where you're in a connected, centered place in your heart taking care of your own physiology and extending that energy of love toward her? Oh, I think the love thing for sure. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of her on the wall right now. And I use that picture often to get me into my heart center. Just looking at her when she was about two so or three. I, yeah, I understand. So, so I join you in being in that heart-centered space as we do this worksheet. And my invitation would be to take responsibility for the the energetic patterns that might not be supportive of your physiology, nor very supportive of her on an unconscious level by taking responsibility and removing those. You know, the whole forgiveness process is about the removal of what never belonged in us as human beings in the first place. So I just well, well, say that I, by I, way I, of... I guess my, my, I guess my question, Michael, is I love her so much. I'm afraid, I'm afraid for her, you know, doing something rash and bad to herself. Um, I, I, hear, I hear you. That's by basic, that's basic. If I didn't love her, I wouldn't have that feeling. That word. Okay. okay. So, so if if you're sending a measurable high energy wave, and and my offering is, you know, my background's in physics, and what I know is that an energy wave moves through anything and everything until it hits a frequency that matches it. Like a radio wave will travel hundreds, in some cases, thousands of miles. There's nothing we know of in the physical world that can stop the high energy wave that leaves the mind when we think a thought. So my invitation is to inspire you to be willing to be so totally free of fear, of dread, of rage around this situation with your daughter that the only energy, the only platform, so to speak, of energy that you send to her is that of the pure presence of love. And, you know, my offering would be if there's a chance that she's going to be able to receive that, you're going to want to be as clear as you can possibly be in sending it. 
you know, my, my take, yeah. you know, this is something I've talked about over the years many times, and that is that energetically we create energetic platforms, energetic patterns that, you know, in a metaphorical kind of way, people tend to climb up on them and react from them. And so it, if someone's in a situation of self-harm, and self-deprecation and pain, they've climbed up on a platform, a pretty tight platform of trauma. And my offering, there's only one thing that heals trauma, and that's the active presence of love. And so, again, motivating you to be willing to own every bit of dread and fear and anger that you've got so that you can forgive it, remove it from yourself. So the only platform, the only energy you hold for her, whatever you hear from her mom, whatever you hear or don't hear from her, the only energy that you send her is that pure presence of love, that pure heart space, and you clean up everything else inside yourself in regard to your daughter. Yeah, good. Sounds good to me. That would be the, yeah. for me, that would be the purpose of this worksheet. To yeah, own every I, I scintilla. I've just been sitting here as, as we're talking and holding her in my heart and love and feeling awesome, uh, high energy love for her and sending it consciously to her. Yes. I, I have, I have, I'm with I you. Have used, I have used the idea of beta visualization married with um, heart chakra energy uh, to to create you know some wonderful relationship experiences with my kids, um, right? And, and and with other people as well. So yeah, I, 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 it would be great to refine all of that and remove the dread and the fear from the, that possibly being in the way of it. Sure. Exactly. So the only energetic platform you send her is that of the pure presence of being, the pure presence of love. And, you know, there's a line in the worksheet that says, when I choose love, it wakes up the love in everyone. And it, and it works, you know, again, my background's in physics. And, you know, if, if I've got a middle C tuning fork and I tap it on desk, it starts to vibrate. And if I put it near a second middle C tuning fork, what happens to that second middle C tuning fork? I guess it'll start to vibrate. I don't know much about it. Starts that. to vibrate. It, yeah. it doesn't have any choice. That's the only thing it can do. If I put a middle A tuning fork in front of it and pound it on the desk and put it in front of that middle C, nothing happens to the middle C tuning fork. Mm-hmm. Only something with a middle A is going to vibrate. So, so now what we know is you have some hostility and fear and dread, and your daughter's got some too. So if you become the tuning fork of rage, of fear, of dread, then what that's going to tend to wake up or resonate in her is going to be dread and fear and trauma. When yeah. you have freed yourself of all of that, and are only that space of love, that's the best chance she's going to have of stepping up to that platform, of having the resonance of love and move in her so powerfully. And and I remember meeting her. I've only seen pictures of her in recent years and videos of her, but I remember meeting her as a very, very small child. And the pure presence of love is what she is, no question about it. 
our task now is to, to me is to be the tuning fork of love so powerfully that that's the only thing moving in her. My offering would be in her environment, and I don't know whether it's her school environment or her home environment or her community environment, but in her environment, there's not enough of that presence of active love for that to be the predominant resonant energy in her. And something else has taken over her mind. If we can, and of course you've also got an audience here, you know, I, I suspect that, you know, our friends in Sweden and Australia and different uh, states all over the United States, Canada, are with us right now holding that space. And when that energy is stronger around her, there's nothing else that can happen, but love's got to move in her, and she's going to make different, she's going to make actual choices from love rather than play out the past drama and trauma that she's done. And so, I I, I hear your I hear your concern. My daughter, back several years ago, was having some serious challenges. She had a friend uh, uh, that was her boyfriend that committed suicide. And she was having some very, very difficult times. So I identify with you. And as you talk about this, it brings up a little bit of that for me right now. So I'm here to forgive that in me as well so that I as a father, with you as a father, can join more powerfully in being that space that can help perhaps not only assist your daughter in shifting, but every traumatized young girl in this culture, and there are millions of them, that need something different. Yes. Yes. So I'm breathing with you and here doing that with me for me as we're doing that with you for you and for her. And yes, for her but... mom, because her mom, you know, in, in her essence with whatever mom is carrying of her dramas and traumas, the truth about her is she started out the same as the rest of us, as active, present love. And, you know, when confusion meets confusion, there tends to be resonance and it tends to take over. And the solution is always in interjecting with something else. And, you know, that line, I remember way back I was, uh, you know, I was, kind of assisting Mary Cupferly at Unity in Del Rey. I actually did a Sunday family service. And, you know, they had a school system in, in Unity at Del Rey. And uh, the they had from kindergarten. Pardon me? Yes, the We Wisdom School, sure. Right, We Wisdom. And from yep. kindergarten to grade eight, we had three different teachers that went in. We started a course with, in the, in Mar- with Mary's cooperation. We started a course in the, the school that was called Lessons in Living, which still goes on there, I understand. And our first lesson, the first month was, when I choose love, it wakes up the love in everyone. Wow. So I want to wow. kind of put that out there, you know, as the, the, the thought of the day and the focus at this point of that whatever comes up in me, sadness, grief, rage, fear, hate, control, anger, I'm willing to let go of that so that I can be that space that empowers that choice in others. You might remember that Dr. Wayne Dyer used to bring his kids to school there back in the day. 
that was that was before my time with with Wayne Dyer. Yeah. That that school was going there with. Uh, I don't know whether Mary was there at that time or not. But... Oh yeah. Okay. Well, just uh, just so I'm with you. Excitement. Yeah. So I love what you're saying. It's great, Michael. Great. So we're working on fear. So my denial. So if you would follow along with me, in number one A, my denial. And remember our definition of denial. When I think or speak as though something outside of me is a cause of something moving inside of me, I have to hide from myself what's moving inside of me, which means I'm no longer able to change it. So when I think in terms of, you know, what I'd be doing is suing my former and it's her problem and that's what's going on in the world, that's what's causing me to be fearful, then the truth is, I've been fearful before. I've been fearful many times in my life, long before I ever met that woman, if I were you, you know, long before I ever met her, and long before I ever met anybody. I had fear in me, but as long as I think or speak as though she's the cause of my fear, then I have to hide from myself or make unconscious the real cause of my fear. And if I make unconscious the real cause of my fear, I can't change it. And fear is going to be the 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 energy that I'm stuck in. You're suggesting that the real cause of my fear is something in me. That's it. Okay. Yes, sir. My my carbon-based mind, I think, as you call it. Yeah, that it's stored. Literally, it's stored in tissue. So it's my denial that displaces my experience of myself as my essence love, and my mind tells me that my emotions are caused by my trigger. And in this case, uh, so if you think about this fear, would the object of attention, the fear, the anger and such, would we really be talking about your daughter, or would this worksheet be more on your former? Um, I'm sorry, say again? So... With the, the the focus that we've got, we've we've talked about two objects of attention. One of them is your your daughter, and one of them is your former wife. So yeah. if you look at this fear right now, the focal point of this worksheet, would the fear be about what your former wife is or is not doing, at least in terms of the, what your mind's telling you, or would your fear yeah, be about I, I, yeah, what yeah. might happen to your daughter? It could it could it could be both. It, it definitely is both. And um, what I do notice that when I talk to my other children about it, they're all in their forties. When I talk to them about it, I always lead with, "Here's what my ex is. I won't say her name, but here, here's right. what my ex is doing now. She won't get her into counseling. So boom, yeah, okay, okay that that would be accurate." That would be accurate. So then the worksheet, the most important worksheet to do right now then is on your former. Not on your daughter. That will be another worksheet to follow. But the one we want to be specific with now, I would offer, uh, is around this, what your former is doing that may be a danger to your daughter. Yeah, okay. Good. Okay. So then number one C, you know, who am I focused on would be my former. And then what's my perception? What's my story that, She's not doing enough, or she's doing the wrong things, or she won't my, take action. My, my our, our child needs to get into counseling, and 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 my my former is not getting is actually fired the counselor that 
my daughter loved, fired her, and and does not want her in the counseling now because uh, she it would be creating medical records that would follow mm-hmm. our, my right. daughter and her for the rest okay. of their lives. And as I say Got that, it. I feel the anger building up in me. Yeah, good. So yeah, perfect. Yep. Okay. So then. So the, the the reality is the story is my former won't take action that I think she should take. Okay. Could that be accurate? So that's yeah. what would go in the second part of number one C. So the first blank, number one C, who am I focused on would be my former. And now you'll notice there's a set of brackets there and you put your initials in that in the brackets. So you um, would put, you know, whatever your initials are in that bracket, and then my my former, and then she won't take the action I think she should take. That would be the situation in number 1C. And then okay, as, you, I, as I, you think I, about that... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this now, and I see um, my denial displaces my experience of myself as my essence. Love in my mind tells me that my emotions are caused by um, my triggers. Right. Who you're focused on is my the, former, and the, oh, then the right. the, 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 the parents. Not a, okay. My perceptive right. story that she won't do what I think she should do uh, for our daughter. Right. Breathe now. Where, now, where are the brackets you're talking? I'm sorry, I don't see. They're brackets. not on the new one, Michael. I, I just oh. realized there's a there. There's actually it's it's kind of hard for me to see here. Okay. Well. We'll, we'll have to correct that. Anyway, before you put the name of your former in, and, and thank you for catching that, there should be a set of brackets. Actually, one of the brackets is backward. It's, it's just a little mixed up, so we'll correct that. So before you put my, my former's name in there, you put your initials. So there's, there's a reminder that this worksheet's really about me. This is about what's going on inside of me that I want to clean up, and it's being triggered by her. Okay. And it's around her not taking the action you'd like her to take. So that would be number one C. Then D, the truth is only my thoughts cause my emotional upset. And you want to breathe with that. So uh, that heart space that you know how to get into, now let yourself breathe and get into that connected space. And this, offer yourself the truth. It's my thoughts. And, and notice when you start to speak about what you've been t- telling your other children, up comes this anger again. And yep. my offering would be anger is the anesthetic for the fear you have around what the result might be of this. Yeah, uh, that would make sense. Yeah, they, they've got some of the blame that's not me causing her death or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 So, so notice that the the truth is the emotions that you have moving are caused by your thoughts. And as soon as you start to speak it or you think about speaking it to one of your other children, bang, it's right there. And notice that former isn't even here. She's got nothing to do with that. That's totally internal. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And... You know, most of us have got a lifetime of habituating denial, thinking or speaking that that out there is the cause of what's moving in here. And that's what prohibits us from changing it. We say, oh, I want to be finished with this. I want to be finished with this. But we go on thinking the same old thoughts. 
you remember the last worksheet we did, I talked about David Bohm and sustained incoherence. And David Bohm's definition, David Bohm was a physicist who also worked in the arena of psychology, and he coined this term sustained incoherence. And basically, his definition of that is that I refuse to own that it's my thinking that's causing this problem, and I keep thinking that way. <laughs> so now I'm stuck in sustained incoherence. And this worksheet is about correcting that state within us. And, and the more you can connect and realize that, oh, it's my thinking that's causing these emotions and not what's happening out there, the more deeply you can move into your own mind and remove those thought disorders that create emotional trauma and keep you from taking okay. the highest kind of action that you can take. So just holding the space and breathing as you connect to that heart space, the truth is only my thoughts cause my emotional upset. Just breathe into that one and be with that for a minute. And then the second part of number 1D, the thoughts, and once again you use a separate wake-up sheet for each thought, which cause my emotion. So in this case, it's fear. I think the, the one we finally settled on was fear. The, the I thought that causes... Go ahead. I think, it was, I think it was dread. Dread, okay. So the extreme form of fear being dread. So in order to really feel that level of dread that you're talking about what's the thought you think my my, my daughter my daughter Go my ahead. daughter killing herself my daughter killing herself yeah. hmm wow that's big so then notice that as soon as you and, and you gave us a perfect example. It's such a, a powerful thing to be aware of. Notice that when you start talking about your other, to your other children about this and your wife not taking action and that thought that your daughter might kill herself starts to move, that's when you go into that anger and rage and that dread. Okay. And yeah. that's the anesthetic to keep you from feeling your own thought disorders. Yeah, And if we can't feel them, if we can't feel the effect of our thought disorders, we can't be aware of the thoughts and we can't correct the thoughts. And the objective here is to become fully aware of and correct whatever my thought disorders are. Does that fit and make sense? Yes, Tom. Okay. So then you want to fill in the, the thought that is at the root of this whole emotional complex. And again, it's, it's not a, a simple one we're doing. There's a pretty deep emotional complex going on here. The thought is that my daughter might kill herself. 
And this is not, we're looking at D here. The truth is only my at thoughts D. cause my yeah, okay. okay. Right. So the reason yeah. why when John's contemplating what his daughter's doing, he can't, being a thousand miles away, stay connected to love is because he has this fear-based thought that arouses dread and anger in him. And if he gets rid of that thought, then he's going to be better able to stay centered. You know, there's nothing else I can do in the external world at this moment, but if I can stay centered in the active presence of love, I can literally send an energy that will help both my former wife and my daughter. But I can't do it if I can't own this thought and start to change it. Yeah. Yep. Good. Okay. Nice. And then... The next step is what's your punishment? What is it that you want to do to your former? Oh, boy. There's a range yeah. of ideas, ideas that have come through my, my mind uh, on this one. Um, right. If my daughter dies... Um, I, I have thoughts like I'll never, I won't go to the funeral. I won't go anywhere near my, my ex. Um, I've thought about, I'd love to punch her in the, in the, in the face. Um, um, I, I, oh, I would, I would love to be able to sue her for custody. Um, that's another one. Uh, maybe talking my daughter into staying down here with me is another one that's come to mind and not sending right. her back. Um, because to be safer with me is my thought. So yeah, a, a bunch of range from, from physical okay. to uh, yeah. So let's look at the first couple of uh, of things that you said, and let's tie this into power person dynamics. Remember, we talked in the last worksheet about how under stress, and stress is caused by beholding goals that aren't being accomplished. Under high levels of stress, my mind will default and advise me or force me to do whatever my power person did to me that I hated the most. Did your power person ever hit you? Yes. Did your power person ever abandon you? Notice they were um, the first two things that came up. Um, Notice she wanted to yeah. lash out, and then, and then it, what she it, said it is, a, and I won't was, even go to my own was, daughter's funeral. Well, I actually, I actually yelled at her yesterday, so yelling was the first thing. I didn't think of yelling yeah. as punishment. But on the phone yeah. yesterday, yeah. I, actually, I I yelled at her, so that was a yelling. Yeah. And my power so, person yelled, uh, did yell. Was it was it punishment when your power person did it to you? Um. I'm trying to think that it was flat out abuse, Hi. right? Pardon me? It was flat out abuse, right? Um, let me remember. Remember him hitting me, spanking me, um, hitting, hitting me without me seeing it coming. Um, yeah. So he just blindsided you. That was the time when he abandoned me and yelled at the same time. Boom. Yes. He abandoned me. Yeah. And yelled at me at the same time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. 
So notice yeah, they're the first things your mind prompts you to do. Sorry? Notice that they're the first things that your mind prompts you to do when you're under extreme stress. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And notice that. Yeah, hitting her, hitting her, hitting her is way down the road. Um, yeah. Abandoning her. But that her, was the first word yelling. you used. Pardon me? Yeah. That was the yeah. first word that came out of your mouth was to hit. No. So notice that. When your power person did it to you, it was really clear it was abuse and inappropriate. But notice that when you do it, you think it's appropriate and helpful, and your mind tells you a whole different story about it. I And the story – go ahead. I, I don't know that it would – I think it would be appropriate. I think it would be vengeance. I don't think it would be yeah. appropriate or helpful to hit her. I think it would get yeah. me arrested. I mean, that's the yeah, last thing right. I wanted to get around. So I, that, that's sure. why I say I just I wouldn't I don't want to see her. Is the thought I have? Yeah. I would never want to see her again because of my yeah. fear, my fear being that I would I would hurt her. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And what did your power person do to you? Whole lot hurt, right? right? He, yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so notice that, you know, and, and this is just a, a point for everybody to understand, is that when we're in that power person dynamic, and, and again, it's usually a parent with a child and we're small, and we think it's survival and the power person isn't functioning as love, our energy field opens up and we just become like a sponge and suck in whatever's in that environment. And then 10, 20, 50, or 70 years later, when we're in stress, what happens unconsciously is we turn inside, you know, our power person was our God. We turn inside and say to ourselves, this is kind of, you know, metaphorically, we say, okay, mind, what did God do when God needed to win over me and the situation was really dire? Oh, God hurt me, God hit me, God abandoned me, my God, my power person yelled at me. So, I take that advice and I do exactly what I hated most. And that's running the world. And you know what, John? Mm. Pardon me. That's not. <laughs> that's fine. Whatever. Uh, my yeah. apology. Well, you've done it. That's you've not. You've it. It's fine. No, don't worry. Okay, Jack. Okay, I got it. So, so, but the thing to notice is that. You're not the only one doing that. Yeah. She's doing that too. Mm-hmm. If you've ever watched the movie The War of the Roses, that's exactly what you see happening there. And that's what wow, that, everybody that does. Hard, that was, that was, that was a tough movie. Yes. yes. And that's what virtually everybody does when they're under extreme stress is they turn to that power person and they do whatever they hated the most. And that's what creates war in relationships between people who are attracted to each other and cherish each other and say they've fallen in love. And all that means is they've opened their unconscious dynamics to each other and they're going to give each other through their matching bags of garbage an opportunity to learn forgiveness. And if we don't learn forgiveness, then it's going to go on and on and on, day after day, week after week, month after month, decade after decade, miles apart or together. 
And my offering would be, here, here she is, giving you the gift to look at these dynamics inside yourself. And at the same time, if we were talking to her and doing a worksheet, I guarantee that everything, like the fear she's functioning out of and not wanting to create a record, blah, 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 I guarantee that if we had the conversation with her, that would be exactly what her power person did to her. They'd be exactly the behaviors that went on. Precise to the T. And that's what the scriptures meant when they said the sins of the fathers are passed, yea, unto three and four generations of those who hate me. There's God, love saying those, and that word hate there in Aramaic is not hate in that passage as in a love-hate relationship. It's God saying those who are separated from the presence of my love are run by the sins of their fathers. Yeah. And it's not until I make that connected space of love more important than my goal that I can ever clean that up in my mind. Yeah. So we're clear on the punishment and then uh, punishment of self. So in this whole situation, is there any punishment that you hold toward self? Anything that you want to do to self here? Oh, Anything I want to do to myself. Um, um, uh, I, 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 well, you know, you know, well, I have the disease thing that we've talked about. We did a paper. Right. Of, 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 and, and, worksheet uh, on. Worksheet, yeah, thanks, the worksheet on. And, um, and I, I get angry that I, of course, the anger is the drug, uh, that I can't go up there because of the disease and help her. And um, um, I, I get, I do get, I do get, a, when things get really bad, die, me dying would not be a, I would rather me die than, than my dog. Yeah. Yeah. But and dying that, is just another form of leaving, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the punishment toward self is to leave. Okay, all right. All right. So then number two, now what I'm going to do, now that I'm conscious of all that and all that's moving in me, it's resonating in me, what I'm going to do is is own and step into the space where I'm willing to work through this. So number two, I'm willing to process all disease as I go through the physical, mental, and emotional symptoms of healing. So you just uncovered several aspects that result in your own physiological disease state, the anger, the fear, the dread, the grief, the hitting, the the hurt, the abandonment, the yelling, the leaving. My offering is that's all part and parcel of what ultimately ends up killing us all is our own dis-ease energies. And part of the healing process, and number two here is, I'm willing to embrace this. I'm willing to, to learn to stay connected to love, to this heart space, while I allow all of this energy to come forward to be removed from me, to forgive from my structure. You know, we, we've got a Greek culture that's counseled us that 
Forgiveness is something that we need to ask for. It's something that's going to be done to us. It's something that's going to be done for us. And that whole conversation is a lie. The conversation needs to be about, I'm ready to forgive this from my physiology. I'm ready to remove this and be done with it. What if you could think about your daughter's circumstance and situation today and the only energy that you could even fathom moving in you was just to hold light and love around your daughter and see her well. How different would your life be? How different would your physiology be? And how different would the support space be for your daughter? Yeah, it'd be great. Okay. So then are you willing to just really stay connected to love and embrace all of that that's moving for you? Yes. Uh-huh. Good. Okay. So the next step then in going to the next level is to look at 3A, which is my desire. My desire, that is the constructive result, the exact goal that drives this whole pain process in me, is that I want number one C, my former two. So what specifically, and I think we've already got that one answered pretty clearly, what you want her to do is to get effective help for her. Yeah. Would that be accurate? Actually, it sounds like it would be to restore because your daughter was working with someone that she likes, right? So it would be to restore. Yeah. Uh-huh. Would that be more accurate? That would be fine. Okay. So to restore effective help for her. Yes. And for your daughter to be well. Yes. Okay. Good one. And then the second, this is a new piece that we put into this worksheet. That was number one, 3A, and then 3B, so that I can. So when you think about that goal, what is it that would be your benefit if she were to restore effective help to your daughter and your daughter would be well? What would the so I can what? What would that be? Uh, be happy. Um, yeah, be, so uh, I can be happy. I can be at peace. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you know, one of the thoughts that comes would be you know to be free of fear. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. And of course. The fear, once again, isn't about your daughter's situation. The fear is about the content of your own mind, ease energy that you want to process out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So then you've got number three, clearly. Then number four, what changes the dynamics of things like hurt and hitting and abandonment and yelling and leaving and and fear is when love is conscious, active, and present in us. So before we go into the core forgiveness step, and number four, what I want to do is I want to drop into that heart space, that connected space. So number four, I choose love, my essence, 
which stirs the love in everyone involved. So at this moment, you know, and it sounds like you're really conscious about all these other energetic dynamics, so can you go back to that deeply connected heart space right now and allow yourself to be aware of all those other energies that have been stirred up in you? So can I be in my heart chakra, be my heart center of love, and be aware of, of also the dread, the fear, the anger? Exactly. That's what you're saying? The hurt, okay, yes, the abandonment, yes. the yelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, as I said when we did the last worksheet we did, the thing that most powerfully takes me there is I think about my daughter literally being delivered into my hands at her birth, opening her eyes and looking at me and literally sending me into another universe. Uh-huh. Can you be- go back I- to the first time you helped your daughter? I'm looking at her, I'm looking at her picture on the wall right now of her on the beach in Naples and so at like the age of two and just so cute. And that always opens my heart chakra. Hmm. Now now yeah. you're talking you're talking about something that I don't see on the on the worksheet, which is now can you be in your heart and at the same time be conscious of the dread, fear, the um the, the yelling um, the abandonment. Yes. You're saying? Well, that we're, we're going to take that to the next level. Yes. When when we get to the action step, that's coming. Okay, fine, good. But right now, at this stage, what I'm doing is I just want to make sure that I'm anchored in in present love as I go yes, into yes. that next step. Good. Yes, I'm there. what? Right, because what we're going to do is we're going to take the step of collapsing the perceptions, the surface mind's perception of hurt and fear and dread and grief and anger and yelling and leaving. We're going to take the surface mind's construct based in that from inside of you, and we're going to collapse it. And here's how we're going to do it in step five. Okay. And basically, this is kind of review of all of the principles involved. When upset, 5A, when upset, my perception, my mind's construct built out of corrupt data driven by my goal in number three, that is my desire for to be restored, to, for her to be restored to effective help and be well, I'm going to cancel the goal that drives that selects the data that produces that reality, that pain in me, my errant perception. When I cancel that, my errant perception collapses, and I get to drop into the parts of my mind hidden from me by my pretense that others are responsible for what I have created. Again. And then in brackets, if they're the one with the problem, why am I the one with the pain? Because that pain is in me. So the action step now, and the show's just about complete, so we'll have to finish this tomorrow. This will be a two-part worksheet. So the action uh-huh. step, and I'd invite you to really focus on this between now and tomorrow. While holding love conscious, active, and present, I now choose to collapse my mind's lies by willingly canceling the goal, the driver, for my former to restore effective help to my daughter. Okay. Now, 
That sounds like a ridiculous thing to do, but remember that I'm never upset with people unless they're violating a goal I have. And as long as she's violating that goal, this hurt, this fear, this anger, this rage, that takes over your mind, and that's what blocks you from being able to stay in that hard space. And so how about between now and tomorrow, just work with and meditate on that, and we'll complete the worksheet tomorrow because any second the show is going to cut us off. We've completed with our hour. Okay. Okay. Feels like we've made some real progress. How about you? Yes, sir. Uh, indeed. Thank you. Awesome. Michael, and appreciate it. All right. We're with you 100%, my friend. Blessings. Thank you, buddy, for joining us. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. The